You're listening to Artistic Finance Show 99. On today's show, I chat with financial analyst John Adcox. He's an avid traveler and fervent user of credit card rewards. We discuss maximizing earnings with the goal to always earn more than 1% back on spending, maximize spending by transferring points to other rewards programs, buying gift cards to maximize spending during high rewards seasons, transferring statuses between rewards programs even if the points don't transfer, how to transfer points from credit cards to airlines or hotels, and how loyalty to a brand is beneficial even if it does mean you're stuck with them. The patron-only outtakes from today's show are very personal. Nicole and I took a trip recently that resulted in a big financial loss for us, such a big loss that I'm not comfortable sharing it on the podcast itself, but it's available if you're a patron. When John, the avid traveler, heard the story, he said it's worse than any situation he's been in, which includes a time that he was left behind by a cruise ship in Morocco. To listen to our tale of woe, go to patreon.com artisticfinance and please let me know if you have a worse travel story than that, because it might just cheer us up. Now, without further ado, let's get to the show. You're listening to Artistic Finance Podcast, where your host, Ethan Steimel, interviews successful artists, leaders, and investors to help educate and inspire artists to grow their wealth. Welcome, and thank you for listening. I'm your host, Ethan Steimel. Today's guest comes to us from Jacksonville, Florida. He's not an artist, but he does deal with finance. He's a numbers guy who runs algorithms, spreadsheets, probably has a nuclear power plant directly feeding his computer network for all this computation, all to make sense of his credit card points. John Adcox, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me and the kind words. Also, first time ever, our producer, my wife, Nicole Steimel, has joined us on the show. So welcome, Nicole. Hello, hello. And first, I want to ask John. Are you the points guy? I'm the points guy. I knew it. Ladies and gentlemen, we found the points guy. I'm surprised <laughs> anybody wants to hear me talk about points. Uh, but no, I I, uh, I do not own the rights to the, the points guy. Uh, he would be upset about it. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's running commercials now, like on TV. I'm, I'm fairly certain I saw points guy commercials. So it's, <laughs> it's big business, the points guy. All right. Um, so we have the unofficial points guy that's... Uh, Copyright, whatever, never mind. I don't want to offend anyone. All right. So, John, first off, for anyone who doesn't know you, which is probably everyone, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. I'm uh, I'm 38. I am a financial analyst for a major hospital in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, I'm married for nine years and some change. Uh, we have four cats. Uh, no kids. Don't plan on it. Uh, I got to use that uh, time and money on travel. And um, uh, I want to see every country in the world. Nice. How many countries have you seen so far? Uh, well, always a loaded question because there's territories. But if you go off like the 196, I think we're at like 39. So a little lower than I want to see. Fantastic. Ladies and gentlemen, the world traveler is right here. 39. And I just want to say, John, how did we meet? 
It's an important question. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> we met each other uh, on the Galapagos. We met on the boat, I think, the first time I saw you guys. Correct. 100%. You guys were grabbing a bottle of wine or something, and we we were. And then uh, I asked if you guys wanted to join us. And then uh, I think we, 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 we shared some wines on the top deck of the, the cruise ship. And then it followed every night with more and more wine. Absolutely. <laughs> Funny how that happens. And I have more I have more on that later, but I want to ask a question for you, which is this is your artistic personality. We're gonna learn here. What is a live event that you like to experience as an audience member or a piece of art that you like? So you you told me this question beforehand, not to, to ruin the audience here, but this is a very hard question for me. Uh, art's easy. I, I'm a big Jimmy Buffett fan. I had a, a friend that um, painted me a, a, a Buffett mural thing. It's in our living room. But the live event was the hardest thing because uh, there, there's so many things I want to do. So I put it in two categories. I put it in unrealistic, probably never going to happen, and then one that would happen. And the unrealistic one would be um, I'm a big boat guy. And so like Monaco has like huge yacht parties, but like I'm never going to be able to be on a $25 million yacht. So maybe on like a small dinghy next to the yacht, but uh, (laughs) something like that where they have these major raft up parties on these really expensive uh, boats in, uh, you know, south of uh, Spain or Italy or somewhere. So we're from Missouri. There's a lake there, blah, blah, blah. What about a pontoon boat? Isn't that the same difference? Yeah, yeah. Well, so I used to own a pontoon boat until like a year or two ago, and we did a lot of those. So I I, I know that I love them, but yeah, it's... uh, you know, that's more feasible, and uh, but just as fun. I would die happy if you got in your pontoon, took it across the ocean, all the way to Monaco, and then pulled up next to a $25 million yacht. Would make my day. With your beer, your tubes, the whole thing. <laughs> I don't think that I would make it uh, very far. I think it would uh, it'd probably make me about two miles offshore. Well, you try at least. <laughs> okay, all right. We'll send a chopper for you. All right, so what's your realistic live event? Um, I, You know, I'm a big beer guy too, craft beer. Uh, there's a number of uh, European craft beer festivals um, that I really want to go to. They're hard to go to, but uh, I think that's something feasible. All right, now your financial personality are you good or bad with money? I am great with money. I budget three months out. Our household, uh, me and Aaron, are debt-free, so no mortgage, uh, no car payments, um, nothing like that. So we, uh, I, I consider myself good with money. Nice. And no mortgage. Do you own a home or do own property? Yeah, so we, uh, we own our uh, condo townhome uh, since 2020, so about two years now. Nice. All right. Fantastic. Okay. Good with money. All right, so credit card points, we're discussing this today because it's something that people keep asking me to discuss, and I have a chip on my shoulder about credit card points. Uh, I've never successfully used them. The only thing I've ever done with them is like cash them in, where it says like get cash back and then it puts money into your bank account. Part of the reason is because I've run into problems trying to use them online. Like I try to do it through the portal and then the portal crashes. And so frankly, I just, oh, additionally, I don't like talking to people on the phone because I know you can call and sort through that that way, but not my style. Therefore, I just never use these points for booking travel. And then I also think that credit card points are a racket. And I think store cards are a racket. I think the credit card points are a racket. Everything's a racket. And it's just a a way to sort of manufacture loyalty and to justify sort of expensive price things. So when we met, we were all traveling, right? December 2021. And we met on a trip to the Galapagos. For anybody who doesn't know, that's a hard place to travel to. The reason is there's limited towns and cities that you can stay at, and the entire country is a national park. 
which means that the barrier to getting there, it's more expensive and it's a big time commitment and you have to work with the National Park Service to even step foot on the islands. So when you see other travelers there, you all just have this mutual understanding that, first of all, you love to travel and that you're committed to travel because it's such an effort to get there. And I'm making it sound super hard, like there are travel companies that make it easy, but you still have to commit all that time and that money. But because of this mutual understanding, the topic of how much you paid to get there and also what sort of method of transportation you use to get there comes up in conversation almost immediately. That's not a conversation that always comes up. But on the Galapagos trip, it kept coming up immediately. It was like, what do you do? How did you afford this trip? How do you take the time? Every blah, blah, blah. single person. John, you being you, <laughs> you almost immediately asked us directly what we paid for the trip. And us being us, we immediately told you exactly what we paid. And then we asked you what you paid. We learned that you actually paid less for the trip than Nicole and I did. And that led you to explaining all about credit card points. And it was pretty fantastic. And you mentioned before we were drinking wine. So the conversation was loose and fast. <laughs> but we were like, okay, we have to get you on the show because we've never met anybody this passionate about travel and points. Yeah, so, and it's so complicated too. We feel that it is. Like it just takes time and effort to like figure it out. And there's all these different cards. And we previously had, what, two episodes of credit cards. They've all kind of talked about like the negative parts of, of credit card and debt and all that. But, you know, there is a, a positive part to it, too, that we want to address and and how, um, you know, you can use them to your benefit, you know, if you're disciplined and all that. And this is certainly one of those um, one of those things. So my first question is, John, how do you use credit card points? <laughs> uh, such a broad question. And I do agree. Uh, credit cards... Uh, for the most part, are a racket, and and you, you really have to play the game to make sure that you're you know getting the advantage just as much as they are getting an advantage. It's kind of like gambling, and as Nicole said, it, it is very difficult. Uh, it, there's a lot of layers to it. I kind of treat it like uh, craps in the casino. You can't learn all the craps at once. You got to start with you know the pass line and, and move forward on the bet. So uh, the way that I, I guess, and I don't want to make it too complicated for our listeners. And I also don't want to um, ramble on forever. I'm going to break it down into like three important things. The three things are maximize your earning, maximize your spending, and maximize your benefits. When I say maximize your earning, I'm talking about everybody's going to have a credit card and you're going to spend. Now, before you get into the game, the first thing you want to do is make sure that you're financially responsible. If you're, if you're not paying off the credit cards each month or at least a, a majority of them, um, it's probably not something that you want to get into because it sometimes makes you want to spend more. So, um, and most people, they start off, they start off with a, a simple credit card that gets them 1% back or something like that. So when I say maximize my earnings, you know, I started with a Citibank maybe 20 years ago. And I, I basically use that, I would get 1% back on everything that I spent. And, and, and I would use that to get a, a gift card for $100 after I got $10,000 that I spent. But I realized that there's more ways to maximize that. And so there's credit cards out there that have different categories. You get a credit card, maybe it has 2% on grocery stores, or maybe it has 3% on pharmacies, 4% uh, on travel and stuff like that. So when I say maximize your earning, I use different credit cards to always get more than 1%. So even actually just two hours ago, I went to Walgreens as I was on my way to the gym and I picked up gas cards 
because I don't have any credit cards that give me more than 1% on gas. So I get gift cards from the, the pharmacy because my, I get 3% on my pharmacy. Then I use the gift cards elsewhere. So I'm always going to get, uh, you know, 3% if it's anything that I can get a gift card from a pharmacy because, um, you know, Amazon, anything like that. That's a, sorry, John, that, that is like blowing my mind because <laughs> I, I never thought of that. You're only getting 1% at the gas station. So instead you go to the pharmacy, pick up gas cards, therefore getting 3% at your pharmacy, and then you go pay for the gas with the gift card. Wow, mind blowing. <laughs> strategic maximize your earning and a lot of people they just get a ton of cards like if you get really deep in the game they'll have eight or ten cards i really don't like having a ton of cards because and there's more bills you have to pay and more things you got to keep up with i've got five cards right now uh between me and aaron and um she's on every one or vice versa so um we kind of use that to, to level it out um but the second thing would be maximize your spending we, we just learned how you, you can maximize your, uh, your earning. Now you want to spend the points. You've earned them. You want to spend them. The best way to do that is, you know, a lot of people, like I said, they'll do gift cards, uh, statement credits, um, stuff like that, where you might get 1% um, or 1 cent on the, uh, the point. But my goal is to get more than 1 cent on the point in return. I want to get two and three and four cent on the return so the best way to do that is to have and we're going to talk travel cards now we can talk other cards uh, later but essentially you want to find a card that has airlines rental companies hotels that you work with where you can transfer the points from your credit card account to these reward programs once you do that you're going to get a higher valuation of points in return one instance is I'm a huge Hyatt loyalist. Um, I'll go in and I'll earn, let's say, 10,000 points um, through my Chase Reserve. I can transfer those to my Hyatt Rewards, and then I can spend. I can get a hotel room for something like $250, uh, which would be 10,000 points for them. The valuation on that will be very high. So the way that you do that, there's there's actually a um, I'm confusing everybody right now. No, no, I feel like I need like a diagram, like like... a math problem. Like, do you have like a demonstration? (laughs) So the way you want to do it is you, uh, the amount that it costs, you divide by the points. If you were to buy a hotel, I mean, you know, one night at a hotel and it costs $200, uh, or you could spend 10,000 points. Well, if you divide the 200 uh, by the 10,000 points, then you would get a two two cent return on the point. Wait, yeah, can you say that again? <laughs> I mean, I need like wait. A so if you're if you're dividing two hundred fifty by ten thousand, well, wouldn't that be like two point five? It would. Would I? I said two hundred, but yeah, two point five. Oh, oh, two two hundred. Yeah. Okay, so that's two percent reward. Mm-hmm. Okay, and these points that you transferred over, let's say you transferred those ten thousand points. They came from a 3%. I'm confused. Yeah, we're going to need to see this like <laughs> sketched out. Yeah, see, that's where it gets very confusing. But but don't worry about the earning. We already earned. So right now, we're just trying to spend. And so right now, let's say that you, you have the Chase Reserve and you go in on to um, Chase Portal and you just book a random hotel. Let's say it's a Hyatt hotel. They're going to give you 1.5 cents on the point. So you know you got a good deal. Most cards are only going to give you one cent on the point. I'm trying to get those those cents up higher. So in this scenario right now, which is a very common scenario, I've now just all I've done is transferred my ten thousand points 
to Hyatt and I've gotten a two cent return instead of a one cent return. Because that if you go in the Chase portal, it probably costs you 12,000 points to book this same Hyatt hotel. But since you transferred them to the Hyatt rewards program outside of the Chase portal, then you're going to get a better return. And you could do this with Southwest. You could do this with any airline. Is there a way on Hyatt.com to go see what your points are worth? And the same for Chase. Do you just have to price it out? Yeah. So, yeah, they won't tell you what they're worth, but they'll tell you, you know, let's say that you just go to, uh, you know, Hyatt Regency in Tampa. It's going to tell you, hey, it costs $400 a night or it's 15,000 points a night. So you can do the valuation. But the, the way that I know that I'm going to use points or not is am I going to get at least a two cent return on it on the point? If it's less than that, then I'll save my points. Let's say it's not a very popular weekend. The hotel's only $129 that night, but it's still 15,000 points. I'm not going to I'm not going to go in and and book that. I'm going to use cash. But if it's Super Bowl weekend and it's $600 a night, uh, I'm going to use the points because I'm probably going to get a, a 4 cents on the point uh, on return. Um but really I guess the key takeaway here besides the math is transferring your Chase points or or any points whether it's your Amex Platinum or or any kind of that Two travel partners will give you a better return than just using the portal and using, uh, you know, gift cards or anything like that. So you're going to get a better valuation there. John, can I ask this roughly? How long does it take you to go through this exercise? Like, I mean, I know you've you've done it enough. You it comes quick for you, but how many hours, minutes would you say you spend? like comparing all this well i know i'm going to stay at hyatt if they have one so usually not too long but i mean since i know the formula on the way to do it it just takes a second on whether i'm going to use points or i'm not going to use points uh you know if i have them of course i think i told you guys i spend so much time researching and looking at different uh you know pricings and stuff like that to get the best cost that uh it's infinite (laughs) it's infinite yeah but i guess you would just pick the date that you want to travel Look at look at it in the Chase portal. Look at it in the Hyatt portal, and then make and then make your decision of oh, should I transfer these and all that. Right, right. So the main takeaway is is transfer your rewards to uh you know the the other rewards programs. You know the you know the, the rental cars and all that kind of stuff. I know Chase is like a travel card or travel friendly. Is it pretty common on credit cards to be able to transfer them out? Yes, absolutely. So travels the most predominant, I guess, uh, credit card that you're going to see. I, I think most people would know that it's not the only one, obviously, you know, you can get a cold card or a, you know, Uber card or whatever it is, but most of the cards that list themselves as travel are going to have travel partners. Now they're all different though. So one reason I like chase is because you could transfer your points to, uh, you know, I hate to say it, but JetBlue, uh, Southwest, uh, Hyatt, uh, different li- companies that I use fairly often, um, and, and the return is really good. The return's not always good. There, there's certain like Marriott. The return isn't great on the points. I'm not trying to blast any hotels, um, but they're not our sponsor. Don't you worry about blasting anyone. Okay, great, <laughs> great. But uh, so, and then the last thing that I'll say is the um, the maximizing the benefits of the card. So every card has different benefits that are beyond just points. Um, whether those benefits, um, if we're talking the Chase Sapphire uh, Reserve, uh, not the, just the Sapphire, uh, there's two different uh, 
uh, sapphires. There's the sapphire and there's a reserve. Ours is preferred. Ours is... The preferred, yes. Yeah. Yeah. We meant to get the reserve. We just never changed it. Yeah, I got the wrong one, and, and I just we never, never went, never we went never back. <laughs> no, no, it's that's a great uh, beginner's card. Actually, I had that card for a long time, and no, no, not even beginners, but like anybody listening that wants to start like a great uh, credit card for travel, I always recommend them to the preferred, the Chase preferred. It's basically the little sister of the reserve. But here's the great thing about the preferred is it's only ninety five dollars a year that you're paying. The reserve is five hundred and fifty. People get sticker shock over that annual fee. I know uh, that's a lot of people factor that in. Right, and this is where the benefits come in. Where I say you have to maximize those benefits, or you shouldn't get the card. The first thing with the reserve is, uh, and I'm not trying to make this an advertisement for the reserve, but basically you can get three hundred dollars statement uh, travel credit. So basically anything that's uh, categorized as travel, when you open up. That year and every year after that, it's three hundred dollars knocked off. So really, it's only a two hundred and fifty dollar annual fee. Yeah, <laughs> that's our I, takeaway. All right, all right, we'll switch. <laughs> <laughs> On top of that, you get uh, airport lounges. You get the priority pass, so you can go to uh, any uh, most most airports will have a, a some kind of lounge, and you can get in there for free. If you were to outright buy that, you're looking at I think it's four or five hundred dollars a year. Um, you get Lift Pink, which is, you know, $15, 15% savings, among other perks for them. Um, you get global entry credit uh, each year. We also get with uh, Chase Sapphire Performance. Yes. So so some of these benefits roll over. Just to tell the listeners that basically you, you want to maximize your benefits. Otherwise, there usually is going to be a fee on some of these, I guess, I call them heavy hitter uh travel cards because they're giving you so much they're they're gonna want something to return. and the, the fee being that 550 annual fee right got it okay i but you made a good case for it there 550 but if you get 300 dollars travel credit which i can't believe anybody wouldn't get that because right that's even gas stations or my subway card right that's considered transportation yes yeah yeah it would you're right at least the chase sapphire preferred it works that way the subway i guess gets the three points for travel versus one point for whatever Okay, so that so that knocks it down to two fifty because for for us, I don't know when we signed up, it was like the ninety five dollar fee. The, my simple calculation was, what do I have to spend at three percent to pay back that ninety five dollars? That that's how I looked at it. No, and that's the that's the way you should look at it. But you're also getting other perks with that. Uh, you know, the three percent right there on the travel is huge. That that that's fantastic, and actually. The preferred just jumped from two to three percent on the travel. They just revamped the benefits, I think, like six months ago, because that was one reason I went to the reserve because they were at three percent and the preferred was only two percent on the travel category. So that bump for the preferred is actually really good. But you know, you, like I said, you just have to you want to make sure you use the benefits of the cards. I mean, there's other benefits. Both of those cards are some of the best for travel insurance. Um, you know, lost luggage. You know, something happens on a trip. I think you guys have a story, that kind of stuff. Yeah, okay. I, I just got to mention that story. So that's going to be our bonus episode. Oh, okay. Nicole and I battling with Chase oh about gosh. travel insurance. Also, an airline that rhymes with Clue. <laughs> is... <laughs> We're not a sponsor of this show. So, so I bad could that care not less. even Spirit would agree to, to merge with it. But <laughs> Yeah. But anyway, everybody check out that bonus episode if you just want an hour of 
a disaster travel story that you can feel good you did not suffer through. Yeah, it's it'll be well. <laughs> it's bound to happen to all of us. Though. Yeah, but, but why us and why now? No, we had a good stint of like three years smooth sailing. And this like and made then up this for just three destroyed years it. And one, so. and one thing, but I will say it because I I follow I follow the points guy who was not John the points guy. And uh, a new American Express card just came out that has a cancel for any reason um, option, which which I think is great. So and we've been so burned that. by this one incident. I yeah. think we might be interested in that yeah. cancel yeah. with no reason. I, I mean, situational for everyone. <laughs> you sold me already. I didn't even know about this one. It just it just came out. So um, we will look into that. All right. So did we cover maximizing benefits? Yeah. So we maximize benefits. You know, like I said, just you know, there's different perks on each card. Um, every card's different. Just use them. And if you don't, then, um, you know, you, you just may want to look at whether it's worth the annual. Fee. Okay. And and we've talked mostly about like Chase. I'm just curious. You mentioned like a Kohl's card or something. Have you ever done any of those like with a specific company credit card? From my experience, and I have not done a detail or um, really anything besides just a standard. I think I had a Citibank at one time. Um, but everything else has been travel cards just because that's my interest. But from from what I know on, you know, the Coles or, or, or you know, uh, whatever retailer you're in, it's not going to be a good card unless you absolutely ridiculously shopping there a lot. Because let's be honest, even somebody that is a hardcore Coles person, and even if there's no annual fee, it's still one of those things where it's just going to be clutter. It's just going to be something that you have to pay off. And you're really only going to get probably 5% discount. It, it, to me, it's not worth adding into your collection of cards. There's too many other better cards out there. Um, but like you said, there, there are a lot of other better cards. I mean, there's an Amex Platinum out there that's just up there with the, the, the uh, Sapphire Reserve. Um, there's a number of different cards. But to, if you're going to do something like, um, like I've heard the Cruise line cards are just absolutely horrible. You know, you really kind of want to look into it. Like, I would never get an Uber credit card or a, even I think there's a Venmo credit card now. Like, that's, but if that interests you and maybe it benefits you, maybe so. But I think overall, you have to look at what's it going to cost me, the annual fee, and then am I going to keep up with it? And if I don't, you know, because there's a lot of people that don't pay off their credit cards, those interest rates could be, you know, 25 or 30% and not just like 20%. Just look out for your own, uh, you know, needs. Got it. Yeah, I think John brings up a great point too. But it is situational. Thinking about even Kohl's, so yeah, not as good as the other travel cards. But there's the Kohl's like cash back, right? So like, if you get the Kohl's card and you spend all that, then you get the Kohl's cash back, and maybe that does make it worth your while. So stack it, baby, stack it. <laughs> there you go. Stack it. Yeah. Actually, I have a question. You said your first card was the City Bank. Just curious, or whatever it was. How did you select that one, or did you just randomly? Pick it. It was your bank. So I think when I turned 16, uh, my mom, uh, she, she's uh, very much into finance. She's a CPA. And she was like, we got to get your credit started, you know, or maybe I was sports. I, I was pretty young. I think it was a card that I was on her. So I was like an authorized user. And then I went to my own card. And so that was actually my longest running card since it was my first card. But I, I had no choice of that card. It was just something that my mom kind of got me. Wow, nice. that's nice. Starting that's building credit really young. Crazy. And I also just want to say, because this is a credit card central focus here, but we've actually had a number of people on the episode who have no credit cards. That's crazy. I'm just I'm just throwing that out. Good for them. We yeah, we, we don't know how we to live that way. 
but those people are cool too. It's another type of discipline, though. Just as it's having a credit card, but you're also disciplined when you're only using cash. So, um, you know, everyone's got a different lifestyle. So yeah, yeah. If you can't, if you can't uh, program yourself to pay it off, or or if that's your goal, uh, or maybe you have a spending habit. I've known a lot of people like that where they they can't have credit cards anymore too. They have to use debit cards because they want to go and shop every day. You know, so you, ha- you do have to have that discipline. Uh, and if you don't, then, you know, definitely the rewards game is not for you. But I, I totally understand. All right. So we're we love travel. You love travel. Anytime I see a credit card rep- reward system, it's always about travel. Do you know, are there other cards that are better for other things? Or is it pretty much travel is what credit card points are good for? There are definitely other cards. I think most people use it for travel I, for some reason as long as i've lived it's it's always been like an airline credit card or something like that that you you get pushed into if you don't travel there's still a lot of cards out there that are available um i was talking to somebody the other day and they're like yeah i just don't want i don't travel that much so i don't do it but there's cash back and that's just as good you know i mean if, if you go get gas and you get three percent you know cash back on that then that's going to save you money um there's credit cards that give that return to charities. There's, there's, there's credit cards that, um, that, uh, ha, you know, have all different kinds of things that are not just necessarily travel, but I would say that the majority are. All right. Now I'm going to talk about flexibility, which you seem to game the system rather well, where you just transfer the points. That seems like an alluring thing to me that we should do, but I'm also very lazy. So I don't see me transferring this out of the portal. I'm just going to be honest. Like I'm a path of least resistance 100% of the time. And so, but anytime I've tried also to use port points in the portal, there's always a flexibility thing too. Whenever I want to go, somehow it seems like the points aren't worth as much or they're super frustrating. Do you ever have this issue? This kind of breaks down more than just, um, not just earned points off of credit cards, but earned points off of any rewards programs. And basically what it comes down to is good companies and not as good companies. And basically what I mean by that is um, I'm not a big American Airlines fan. However, American Airlines, if you're listening, I fly you all the time. So you're getting my money. (laughs) Um, But if if you have a whole bunch of points, they do have blackout dates. You can't just use it. My mom was telling me the story. She goes, I said she was going to um, like London or Paris or something like that. And she goes, oh, we used our American Airlines points. And she goes, we just we just had to fly on a Tuesday or something. And I was like, oh, well, that, that's great. You know, you're retired. You're able to do that. And and I was like, oh, so is it, a, is it like a Orlando uh, direct or do you just fly up to land and over? And she's like, so we do Jacksonville to uh, Newark. And then we got to get in a cab. And then we got to take a cab to JFK. Oh, and no. JFK. And then we got to go to uh, London. And then we got to go London to Paris. And I was oh. like. I'm just paying for the flight. Like, that's just too many steps. Like, I'm not going to do all that travel. I mean, she's retired, so I guess that's a little bit more. But, like, yeah, there's there's companies out there that make it complicated for us because they don't want you to use your points. You know, it's obviously, it's like a gym membership. They they don't want you to show up. They want you to pay and and not show up. It it helps them out. So to combat that, I won't won't, uh, put Hyatt too much on, uh, on a pedestal, but they do a really good job. They did switch their benefits this year where they, they have peak pricing now. They used to not have that. Southwest and JetBlue, they you you can always use points. There's never any blackout dates, um, even though they don't really fly internationally to too many places besides the Caribbean. Uh, it really just depends on 
what company, even beyond airlines, whether it's a hotel or rental cars or on getting around that. But uh, unfortunately, it's it's going to be there and there's really no way about it. And just like in the Chase portal, there's not all the hotels are on there. So if you if you find a hotel you want and you want to jump in there and use points on the Chase portal and you go, oh, the Four Seasons isn't available on there. That's just the way it is. They don't want to work with points. So there's no way around that, unfortunately. So what I'm picking up is that I should transfer points over. Seems to be a good way. And then that's it. That's the only thing I took away from all this. <laughs> no, no. And, you know, no. and I don't want to put down the portal because I actually book things through the portal a lot too. So when I use the portal, uh, this can go for Amex or every, you know, Citibank, Capital One, they all have a, what they call portal or, or something where you can go in and, and uh, book uh, trips, uh, whether it's hotel, rental, or, uh, or air, air flights. I use it a lot, but I, I use it a lot when it's not something that I know that I'm going to earn rewards. And by that, I mean that if uh, so, we're going to, to Morocco and uh, this year and there was a, a city where there was no Hilton's because I stay at Hilton's after I stay at Hyatt's and there was no Hyatt's. And so I said, well, I got to stay somewhere. <laughs> and um, I booked through the portal because not only the portal, you can use points. I didn't use points on this one. but um, if you book your travel through there, you get a lot more points. So you'll oh. get like 10x points. Oh. So you'll earn a lot more. Now, know. here's the one downfall, and I want to make sure this, this is known to everybody, is that when you book through the portal, most of these portals are run by companies like Expedia or Travelocity or something like that. Now, that's nothing wrong with that. I used to book through them all the time, use promo codes, and they worked good. But the number one thing, if anybody knows, is customer service, and they do not have it. So you will have a little bit more fight booking through a portal, just as you would if you had to call up Travelocity or Expedia or something like that. I normally never book any flights, whether it's on you know an airline that I, I'm not uh, trying to earn a lot of uh, miles on, just because I, I just won't do it on a portal because flights change all the time, and I don't want to deal with a middleman. Now, hotels don't change as much, so I don't okay booking it on it like i said if i'm not trying to earn rewards but using the portal and getting money back like like i said on the reserve you're getting one and a half percent that that is a great return i think the preferred is one percent that's still not bad there's just you can do you can maximize your your spending wait so i didn't even realize this so you, i can go in there without using points and just using my credit card and i can book in the portal yes so majority of the times i do that yeah oh my gosh Okay, John Adcox. Wow, you are blowing my mind today. <laughs> These are just the basics too. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. But, but to get to the portal though, you have to have You just whatever your credit yeah, card is, you log into right. that yeah, portal. So, mm -hmm. um, you have to have the card to get to the portal. Yeah. Uh okay, but also I'm really glad you mentioned that about airlines because those are the ones that I've had the hardest time in the portal. Because that's what I'm always trying to do. When I go into the portal, and maybe this is my problem, I'm always trying to do airline and hotel. And then I get frustrated and I leave the portal and I just book separately. But what I'm hearing from you is that you book the hotels in the portal and pretty much nothing else. Maybe rental car? Yeah. So I actually booked our rental car. I forget if it was on points or if, no, I think it was cash for, for Morocco uh, through the portal. Um, I, I'm a little weary about that one. I think I've only done it once or twice. I, it is a little bit of a risk because, you know, you're going to be dealing with some kind of third party customer service if anything goes wrong. But um I felt the risk was there because I got 10x points on it. I think the rental car for the week was like 700. So that's 7,000 points. 
Now that 7,000 points, if I transfer it to Chase, is pretty much going to get me a 150 or $200 hotel room. So that $700 rental car is now 500 in my eyes. Okay, my gosh. I had a question that I was going to ask, but I don't know that it makes sense anymore. And that is saying, you're married, you don't have children, and Nicole and I are, are the same way. And I was going to say, have you ever used rewards points um, with more than like two people on a trip? Because I found that's another complicated thing of like, if you want to book four airline tickets, I, again, I'm always getting stopped. Do you ever do that? Have you ever done like a group purchase or anything with points? It sounds greedy, but normally I use the points for me and Aaron. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, everybody else can feed themselves. Now, obviously, if let's say I'm going on like a one night trip out of town or something and there's a third person in the room and I use points, then I'm just like, hey, spot me some gas or something. But booking for other people, there's some complications to that also especially if you want the reward credit on the loyalty program of that airline. And then also, let's say two people can't go. And then, you know, then you're trying to return a certain amount of, uh, you know, get a refund on half of it. It, it just complicates things. So, uh, you know, difficult question, but I, I you know, not, no is, is the answer. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's, I mean, that's what I found too. And I thought maybe you, you had a hack or something. Um, yeah, it's, it's always easier for other people to book their own travel. You said you have five cards. And if I may ask, what are your five cards and which one do you use the most? Oh yeah, absolutely. So, uh, I have a, uh, you'll, you'll, I'll leave the, the, the last one, uh, for last just for you. Cause you'll love it. Oh, I hate you. I know what it is already. I do too. <laughs> <laughs> you already know. You already know. Uh, I have the Chase, uh, uh, Sapphire Reserve, the, the, the higher end one that we talked about. That is my everyday user. Well, actually, I don't even say that, but that is the, my favorite card. Anytime we're out of town, because it gets uh, 3% on uh, restaurants and travel, I use that. Uh, my next card is I, obviously Hyatt Guy, so I have a Hyatt card. It helps me build nights to uh, move my status up uh, with the company. And it has 2% uh, on gems, which is a category I don't have any on my other cards. Um, and it has a lot of other good benefits. Um, and then we have a Capital One Venture, which I was really excited about getting that card when it came out um, a couple years ago. Um, actually, Aaron had gotten it, and I'm the authorized user. Um, it's a travel card primarily, but they uh, they took away some of their travel partners, and they were the travel partners that I was using. The great thing about that card is it's two percent on everything; doesn't matter what the category is. So, and then Freedom Flex. So, not to get too complicated here, but when I had the uh, Sapphire preferred. And when you get to the point to go to the reserve, let me know. I wanted the bonus points. You always want this, the sinus bonus points, but I didn't want the hard credit pool. And you can't just upgrade from the preferred to the reserve. So I downgraded my preferred to the Freedom Flex. And in the Freedom Flex, I didn't get the sign-up bonus, but what I like about it is it's uh, rotating categories, and they do 5% each quarter. So this quarter, it's Amazon and streaming services. You can get up to $1,500 on that. I max it out. So like, let's say I get to the end of the quarter, and I haven't hit my $1,500. i will just order the rest of Amazon cards to use in the future. But it's uh, there, there's no annual fee on it, and it's great. So then after that, I, uh, I then went and uh, applied for the reserve, and then I got my sign-up bonus. Um, and the last card is uh, JetBlue <laughs> uh, card, which is weird because they have like four different cards and I actually moved it to the 
the highest one um, just because I wanted the free bags. I actually really used to like JetBlue, but they've canceled like five of my flights. Uh, luckily, before I got to the airport uh, in the last year, um, I'm not sure what's going on with them, but uh, I'm sure we'll hear the the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. They they are not a sponsor of this show. If they become the sponsor, yeah. I will, will change my tune 100. percent They'll be the best <laughs> airline ever. But as of this point in our lives, they we're, are the, we're we're 34 years. They're below old-ish. spirit. Oh, they're below spirit. That's for where us. it is. Yeah. It, they have sunk yeah. again. Again, bonus we'll, episode we'll for go, that. We'll get to that. We yeah, it's a it's a we are not happy campers. <laughs> um, I, I will tell you the, the the one thing I think we probably told you this uh, when we were we were in the Galapagos. Uh, if anybody asks what me and Aaron's uh, favorite airline is, we just kind of shrug our shoulders. But if somebody asks what the worst airline is, it's whatever the last one we've flown is. Same. Yes, we always. are the same. We have run out of airlines. Yeah, we've yeah, all like rotated and had bad experiences <laughs> on all, all of bad. them. Yeah. Quick question on on the credit cards because you have five of them. Because some listeners here maybe they're concerned. How how does that or does it impact your credit score? So Chase has a thing called uh, twenty three sixty four four. Anyway, I don't know what the numbers are, but basically you can't sign up for uh, more than a certain amount of cards in a certain amount of period because they don't want people just getting a whole bunch of bonus points all the time. But as long as you are paying off your cards and you're not applying and then um, so let's say that I go and I, I signed up for the new Venture X card just to get the, the sign up bonus. And then in two months, I, I dropped it. I just uh, I discontinued it. it. That hurts my credit. Signing up for the cards doesn't hurt your credit. It's deactivating the cards that really hurts your credit. Um, but I, I really don't change cards to too much i mean it may be every couple of years uh that it happens unless you're really signing up for a new card three four five six times a year you should have no issues okay but actually you mentioned about that freedom flex and i'm now thinking because of that 300 dollars travel credit on the chase reserve i'm sort of actually tempted to get that one which is what nicole wanted to get the first time and i accidentally got the wrong one because i didn't realize there was such a difference but instead of just going from preferred to reserve we have to go, we have to downgrade and then wait and then go up to reserve. This was like hours and hours of research and time when I went through this uh, a year or two ago and a lot of uh, cursing uh, to Chase. <laughs> but essentially, yes. Yeah. So if you want the sign up bonus, otherwise you can just upgrade and then your, your preferred will disappear and then you'll get the reserve. But you need the sign up bonus. I mean, when I signed up, I think it was 60 or 70,000 points. That right there is a free seven hundred dollars, even if you just spend it in the portal. So you got it. You've got to get the sign up bonus. So the only way to do that is basically would either have to cut the card and then you know possibly hurt your credit a little bit and then reapply, or you can downgrade the card and still have the card. So you know you're not losing a card. Your credit it doesn't get impacted. Um, usually you want to downgrade to something that doesn't have an annual fee, especially if you're not going to use it as much, even though I found that the Freedom Flex, I, I really enjoy just because of the 5% uh, categories that change. I always try to max it because 5% is huge to get back on a credit card. Once you do that, then you just have to wait 
it, I only waited like two weeks and then, uh, then you, then you apply for the reserve and then you'll get the bonus. Uh, it makes no sense to me, but maybe that is in our future. <laughs> if you do it, I'll make sure you get the, the, the bonus points. Just talk to me. <laughs> you'll, be, you'll be, you'll be on the phone with us. Yeah. Oh, you just hang on the line after this. After this <laughs> we got our unofficial points guy, um, on the other line. Can we loop him in? <laughs> yeah. And you can downgrade to other cards too. It doesn't have to be the, the freedom flex. It could be, uh, there's an unlimited, there's a couple other chase parts that you can downgrade. I, I just want to say actually that we also have a discover and we like the discover because it also does the 5%. Like for years it would do around the holidays, it would do Amazon 5%. Anyway, so we also will use that where we'll be like, oh, put everything on the discover during this 5% zone. Again, discover and chase. We have never redeemed points on either of these cards. I think I did once on discover. Oh, we did once on discover. Long but, time ago. But what Watch for, for your graduation. <laughs> The watch for my graduation. Wow. <laughs> do you guys know how many points you have? I mean, do you, do you, like, is there a balance? Yeah, we could tell I you. I look at the report and it tells me. Yeah, we just. Should we log in and tell you right now? Yeah, maybe we should. Maybe I... we should make this an exploratory. Um, <laughs> You're going to do Discover and I'll, I'll do, do Discover. Chase. But okay. John, while we're pulling this up, all of your extensive research, like where do you, you just like looking online, like how do you, how do you come up with these like rules of thumbs? Like what? Gets you to that? Uh, it's a good question. So um, I follow people like the points guy. Follows the points guy, but he's not the points guy. Okay, okay. <laughs> right, right, right. No, but I, I do I do read his, and pretty much uh, there's a number of guys out there doing the same thing. Um, it, it mean, pretty much if you Google like credit card perks, rewards, that kind of stuff, there's another website called Nerd Wallet that comes up, and, and there's, there's a number of other uh, sites that will give you information. One thing that really helps me out, especially just with travel in general, but uh, with credit cards, is Facebook groups. It's not certified information, but usually somebody has asked the question that whatever Q&A section of this credit card company has not answered, somebody's answered on one of these uh, Facebook groups. So I actually get a lot of my information on um, whether it's a JetBlue Facebook group or, or whether it's a, a Galapagos group or whether it's, a, you know, Hilton, it doesn't matter. So you can get a lot of answers. Over my dead body, will you find <laughs> me in a JetBlue group of any <laughs> sort? Unless it's like, we want to sue or something. No, I'm just kidding. I don't, I want to. Right, right. Um, okay, so I logged into Chase here on the app. <laughs> and actually, it's interesting because I've never noticed this part of the app, but it says you're already approved for the Freedom Unlimited card and the Freedom Flex card. So I guess we could just downgrade immediately on this app uh, if we wanted to do your method. Uh, if it makes sure it says downgrade, you don't. They may want to sign you up for another one. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I don't want a new one. I don't want another one. Okay, so Found that's it. you don't want an additional. So on Discover, which is not our main card, and we don't use it very often, but because it's gas stations is something we never frequent since we don't we don't, have we a don't car. own a car. Car, yeah, yeah, missed opportunity on that. Um, if we ever do get one though, I want an EV, but that's. The cashback bonus there is seven hundred forty-eight dollars and fourteen cents. There you go. But I don't so, know what that I means don't know. in points. Yeah, we don't know. How do you know how many points that equates to? I suppose it depends on what you're looking to use it for. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's however many years we've used that card. So then Chase here, which I guess we got a sign-up bonus at some point, and then we've mm -hmm. had it probably like seven years, five yeah, years, something. Right. Uh, we have three hundred and twenty-five thousand points. Oh, dude. That's good, man. That because I can't figure out how to use the portal. We might, so we we might need to call them. you when we book our next trip and like, how can we use these? Because I'm like, if we're ever going to use it, what I am interested in using it for is like flying like a different class to like a really long like destination, like business or whatever. Like that's what I would like to look into. You could literally 
transfer those points to Hyatt and then go to the Maldives. It's always Hyatt. Are you sure you're not sponsoring <gasps> the Hyatt? Wait. But you could go to the Maldives. They have an overwater bungalow and you can you for for depending on when you go between 25 and 30,000 points a night, you could get it. And that's normally 1000 bucks a night normally. So you would get like if you wanted to stay a week, you were you're essentially getting like 7 grand for free off of those 200,000 points. All right. All right that's done. it. Done deal. We've been wanting to go for like our 10-year anniversary, yeah, our, so that's it. Our 10-year anniversary is up. next year. We've always said we want to go to the Maldives on our 10-year anniversary. All right. You but just we, you, sold we, us. We're going to have to use you. Well, don't worry. We'll we'll give you a cut of the points. We'll go together. Are, are we going on uh, together for our 10 years? Let's do it. Yeah, wait. Yes. When is yours time of year? March. Ours is in August. Uh, Meet in the middle. Oh, my gosh. We'll, re- we'll record Done. a live episode from the Maldives oh, on perfect. our anniversary. We'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. See, John, I have learned so much. Me, too from just talking with you because again i've I've such a chip on my shoulder that i just don't deal with this i just get so and it's so hard to find anything and then when we try to use it we're like it is trying to redeem like even miles or whatever but then you have to buy like more like miles to make it worth your while i'm like i don't want to buy more miles so it's all wow okay john for everybody out there that is like me and they get frustrated with the portal they don't know how to use the credit card points what is something that they can do today that they can start working toward or they can be cognizant of, regardless of what credit card they have? This, this was something I was going to say even before you asked it, and it, it is the most simple thing, but it's the most difficult thing for people to do. Literally, anything that has a rewards program, whether you think that you're going to use it once or never going to use it again, sign up for it. If it's free, it's free. So I, I make a spreadsheet and I have, you know, maybe an airline that's like Copa or something, which I'm like, ah, am I ever going to fly this again? Well, I'm signing up for it just in case. Because I remember this one time, I think when me and Aaron went on our honeymoon, and it was it was Delta or something like that. But I and I had a reward program and we flew to, to Paris for our honeymoon. I don't think we flew Delta for three or four years, which Delta is probably higher end of all the crappy airlines. But uh, we came back and we booked something like four years later or something. And like, I was like, oh, there's just like 5,000 points in there or something. And it got us like a free one, one leg to Atlanta or something. So it was just sitting in there. I didn't even know. Now, most day, now most time points expire and, and they, you know, they want you to use them. But also, here's the thing. When you sign up for these rewards, even if you just sign up for them, you get perks. So like if you walk into... Um, I think even like uh, any hotel chain, they'll give you a bottle of water because you're part of the rewards program. The rental car companies, they sometimes they'll just be like, even if you're lowest tier, they'll have a separate uh, check-in line for you so you don't have to wait as long. So there's these little perks that you can get from these rewards. And all, all it takes is just to go online, takes basically email and your name and, and, and your address maybe sometimes. So uh, that would be the number one a uh, bit of advice. And, and on the other side, I would say uh, start with one card. Don't dive in and try to get five cards at once if, if you're you're trying to get into the credit card game. Um, this was a slow process. And I you guys saying that I'm helping you, I feel like if you ask me if I know anything about rewards and points in, in, in two years, I'll be like, man, I didn't know anything when we did that that podcast. Like, I feel like I'm learning so much every day. So yeah, start with one card and and figure out what your needs are of that card and figure out, you know, if it is travel, what cards best suits you because of the rewards used. And that that moves me to the next point is I'll say is 
it's not mandatory, but when it comes to hotels, I personally would choose a chain. It doesn't matter which chain it is, and I would stick with them if you like them. Um, I used to just basically go with what was cheapest or best value. I'm always been a value guy. Uh, you know, I go stay in a city. I'm like, oh, this this Hilton's good. This Holiday's Inn's good. Whatever. You know, I'm loyal to one company, so I go after always going after uh, a Hyatt or Hilton. And you may go, well, that's how they get you. I mean, that is how they get you. But I know what I'm getting in return from these people also. And it's a lot of perks. And they make you feel special also. Uh, I mean, I could go a whole nother podcast about things that these companies have done that I felt that, yeah, this is more than worth it. So uh, if you pick one, and even if you're not hitting 50 nights a year, um, and you're only hitting maybe uh, five, 10 nights a year, it will benefit you. They will say, hey, nice to meet you. You know, we, we see that you're an explorist. Uh, welcome, welcome to Hyatt. So it, there are benefits to doing it, but it is time consuming and you, you do, uh, you know, you do have to make sure that you log into your account when you're booking the hotel. And if you book through third parties, you don't always get the reward points. So you'd have to book through, you know, the actual hotel website. Yeah. But to yes. And what you're saying, we have found, especially with airlines, we tend to book directly with the airline, which is sometimes painful because it's cheaper if you do a Priceline or Expedia. You know, it could be $200 cheaper on a $300 flight or something, but we tend to, we've had so many problems with canceled flights, et cetera, that we also don't want the middleman. We, our sort of philosophy is when we can, we want to book directly with whatever the company is just to eliminate friction later on when inevitably there are problems. And then, of course, there are those times where it's like, oh, my gosh, we can pay 3000 directly with the airline or we can pay 500 on Expedia. And we're like, we have to do Expedia. Again, it's situational. You just got to be as flexible as you can be. I'm 100 percent on board with that methodology. I, I do the same exact thing. And I wasn't always that way. I used to do promo codes on Travelocity and be like, oh, I saved six dollars here. But now it's like, you know, if it's 15 more dollars or 20 more dollars to book that hotel. And then when I show up, they give me a suite upgrade. Yeah, I'm going with that. Yeah. You know? We like to say pay for the convenience. Yeah. Because um, really sometimes just... it, hurt, it hurts. It hurts because it's like, why are we spending 90 more dollars? But we know that canceling flexibility later is, is maybe going to be worth it. Okay, you mentioned transferring your points to Hyatt. Just logistically, because you have the same credit card as us, if we wanted to transfer our points to Hyatt, how do you do that? So when you go into the portal... At the top, there's usually, with Chase, there's 12 rows of stuff that you can do in the rewards. And they call them the UR rewards, uh, unlimited rewards. And um, there's a number of features. You could transfer them to mom, your friends, you know, whoever you want to do to. You can use it to gift cards. You can use it as uh, statement credits. Uh, you can use it uh, to, to book your hotels and your rentals and that kind of stuff. Um, but then there's a section where it says, um, I think it just says transfer and then it'll list everything, everybody that they work with. And, uh, there'll be a lot of things on there that you don't recognize or something that you're never going to use, like maybe like Air France or something like that. But what you do is you get your Hyatt number or whatever program that you're with, and then you just plug it in there. Um, and then once you do it once, it'll stay there forever. Um, and then all you do is just type in the number of points you want to transfer. The only thing I will say is there is a ratio. Uh, Hyatt is one to one. one. One reason I like it. Southwest is one point to one point. So one chase point to one. But let's say that you did, and I'm just going to use an example. I don't know if it's true. 
let's say that you use like Air China and maybe they uh, they want 1.5 points per uh, every you know uh, chase point. Basically, you just have to do that and then figure out what the best valuation is and then um, then you go from there. But yeah, it's it's pretty simple. Once you get in there, you'll see it. You just drop down, put in your rewards number. Does it tell you the like exchange? I'll call it the exchange rate like in the portal or whatever. What do you, like, yeah, it'll ch- it'll show you the ratio, whether it's one to one or, and you can't put in like 37. You have to put usually in by a thousand or 5,000. I had a follow-up question with that that I can't remember, but you're always transferring from the card to the rewards program. Is there the reverse of that anywhere? Could you re- go from Hyatt and transfer back into Chase or from Southwest and transfer into Chase? Does that Is that a thing? So you're trying to open up a whole nother window here. So I was going to touch on this. <laughs> um, so you can't necessarily do it to back into um, a credit card per se. Usually once it's done, if they're into the program, then it's done. But here's here's where it gets fun. So you've signed up for all these uh, different rewards programs. We'll just say hotel, airlines, cruise lines, uh, rental cars, all that. Anything travel. You can start matching your statuses. I'll use the examples that I use quite frequently. Um, I'm the highest. I'm a globalist for Hyatt. And then I'm uh, on Royal Caribbean. I'm a a Diamond member, about to be Diamond Plus. But I also go to Vegas a lot. Uh, I love Vegas. Uh, And I always stay at MGM. But one reason I always say MGM is because both Hyatt and Royal Caribbean are partners. And so I can use my uh, status with Royal Caribbean or Hyatt, and it will transfer over. If I'm Diamond, it will get me gold with MGM. Now you go, okay, well, that's great. No, that's fantastic because let's say you've never been there. You're automatically a gold, which is the third tier up. And then you go in and you get perks like skipping the check-in line. They just changed the rewards for MGM where you don't pay resort fees anymore if you're gold. So, I mean, that right there will save you $40 or $45 a day. Oh, that's mm. huge. Yeah. yeah. And then that just, I mean, opens up a whole nother window of you can match statuses. So then you might be able to take that same gold from MGM that you didn't earn and then go get that match from another company. So you're really only like high on one status, but then you can multiple match it. It goes pretty deep, but there is a lot of benefits by um, looking into whatever company it is and then looking at what partners they use. Going back to the reserve, they work with uh, the parking spot uh, at airports. So you get the highest uh, membership there, um, which gives you discounts. And I think they work with like maybe Hertz or something like that. And they give you a higher membership there. So there's a number of different um, possibilities with moving your current status with the company to different uh, industries of travel uh, and getting benefits for them. How do you? How did you know that? Like you could do Royal Caribbean to MGM, whatever. Like how do you know? Just a reading. Yeah, I mean, uh, just years of it. Uh, you know, I, <laughs> down the rabbit hole. <laughs> I guess I've been cruising a long time, and I've been going to Vegas a long time. And do you have like a cheat sheet or whatever that has all this? <laughs> a Venn diagram <laughs> yeah, with arrows. Yeah, I need. I need a whiteboard, like illustration. Like we need that. <laughs> yeah, and this actually affects our life in the sense of so we're going to go to Vegas the weekend before Thanksgiving this year. Join Artistic us. finance is going. We're going to be doing a live episode there. So we're going to have to stay somewhere. (laughs) And now I'm thinking, because Nicole really wants to stay at the Wynn. But now I'm like, well, maybe we could look at the Wynn, see what partner programs they have, try to somehow game the system and get like a better benefit at the Wynn. So our conversation today is actually impacting this. (laughs) How are you going to book 
through the portal i don't know <laughs> we, haven't, we haven't gone that far I, we, yet. we haven't gotten this far yet but that now was before this conversation now yeah, everything's changed before we were just gonna book a hotel and now i'm like oh Man, well we're gonna have to do we this, ha- to this i, to I this. need to get a bottle of water when i walk in i have to i need <laughs> to i be- need to get express check-in things you never knew you needed exactly <laughs> whatever hotel you choose make sure that you sign up for the rewards beforehand because it will give you a discount actually we're going to vegas over labor day uh Aaron turns 35 not the reason we're going but just because we want to go we've got some friends going with us you guys should go too obviously everybody comes to me and they're like hey where do we get the best deal how do we book this hey John hook us up and I love it I love it I like I actually like encourage it because like I you know I I I love it trust me I I also want to say part of the reason why we're talking to you because you were like who wants me to talk about points we do you have such you have such a passion for it I mean you lit up explaining to us all about how you paid, how you got a better deal on your Galapagos trip than we did, which we were dismayed at, but you were like, yeah, here's how I did it, blah, blah, blah. That passion <laughs> is so great because, I mean, I have this podcast and now people ask me questions that I don't even know the answer to, but then I figure them out because people ask me. But like this week, it's been I-bonds. Everybody and their mother is asking me about I-bonds just because. But And I want to talk about it because it's like a cool topic. And I see that same passion in you with these credit card points. So I enjoy listening to you. And I've learned like five mind-blowing things today. It's been so very it's educational. Amazing. And most people we know have credit cards. So I think this will be very beneficial. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, it is one of those things where most people, you don't look at the true benefits of what you can get out of it. You, most people look at it as a negative thing because... A lot of times, uh, you know, it, it is a negative thing. So you just have to make sure that you're, you're going to use it right. But Actually, another thing I wanted to point out that you helped me with is, yes, I'm a millennial. And yes, I don't want to talk to people on the phone. And it's not that I mind it, but there's so many phone mazes. I have a phobia. Like, I just know I'm going to go through the phone maze and I hate it. I'm being, I'm being real. I'm being real. So the fact that you taught me I can go into the portal and transfer my points from Chase to Hyatt without talking to anybody that is a game changer for me because now I'm like, oh, I can go in there, look who I can transfer and we can transfer wherever. So I'm really excited to go into the portal and be like, let's transfer these mother truckers out of here. <laughs> no, I, and I trust me, I, I hate calling anybody also. Yes, yeah, so because it's, it's all automated and it's you got to get it's always a talk to a representative, you know, like you <laughs> right. find yourself screaming. <laughs> I, I, I remember once reading yes, an article yes. that said the AI can can judge by the tone of your voice, um, <laughs> like what your attitude is, and they can like warn the representative. Like, oh no! Even however angry I'm feeling or frustrated, I'm like, play cool and fool the AI into thinking you're a very nice. We're person. gonna have to test this out. Like, just be cool, calm, and collected, and see if we get to somebody faster. I'm genuinely curious. I don't think that they would pick up because what I say is illegal in a lot of countries. Like, it is <laughs> not good because I get very frustrated. <laughs> really quickly when it's like my third phone call and it's- and when you say third phone call it's because no matter what or why or when you call you have to call three times and oh, they always try to oh. get you like oh well use our online portal or do this and you're like no i need to talk to somebody in person over the phone it, they make it so difficult but but enough of this anyway, because that's be in our bonus. bonus episode that that you I advise no one to listen to because it is just gonna, unless you want to feel really good about your travel experiences. Thank God it wasn't we us. We have one to top the everything. Like this and one tops everything. Um, so joking. you can feel good about yourself on there. All right, John, thank you so much for more than an hour right now. Last question for you. 
which is where can people connect with you if you want them? If they're listening, maybe, and they're like, I want to talk to this John Adcox about points. The other points how, guy. How can they get a hold of you? I mean, uh, I mean I'm mean, i on the social medias. If, they, if you want to find me on Facebook, uh, I'm hard to find. But if, if you do find me, just message me and be like, hey, I'm not, you know, uh, trying to renew your, you know, car insurance or something just uh just message me and just say hey look i want to talk to you about points and like sometimes i'll, I'll find people that have questions on facebook or something and i'll message them because i truly know the answers or you know i'll ask somebody so that kind of stuff i i really do enjoy doing because it's knowledge that i have and i'll never give you an, any recommendations or something i didn't know um and then i have an instagram but it you know once again you could just dm me on that but it's a picture like a uh, picture of beer p-i-t-c-h-e-r underscore perfect underscore travel nice picture perfect travel love it wow love it john adcox one more thing before we let you go the first thing you ever said to us you said (laughs) what in the world made you guys want to talk to someone wearing a flat bill (laughs) and i didn't even know what you were saying i genuinely had no idea what you meant by that so can you explain what you meant by that I, I guess it's like vanilla. I like who most people that wear a flat bill have a stereotype. But what is a flat bill? That's my it's first like a question. Hat. A flat bill is just it's just a baseball cap, but they you know it's not curved, and so it's like this new thing. I mean, not new, but it's been around for decades or whatever. But most people that wear it have a certain like kind of like doesn't stink kind of attitude. And I obviously wear flat bills because something in my head thinks that I look cool or younger or something i don't really know um but i always make fun of myself because i do wear them uh and and that's why i sent it to you in my headshot um but no i i most people that it's like somebody that wears camo cargo shorts you know you you have some questions you know (laughs) i i I feel you we're gonna have to add that to our merchandise a flat bill oh yeah my goal is to get uh, artistic finance flat bill into our merch Ooh. store and make sure you're, oh. make sure you're getting you gotta one. get one Ooh, for yeah, your next wear, baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, and i recommend everybody go to artisticfinance.com and check out your episode page because you can see what a flat bill is if you don't know because i didn't some know photos from our galapagos trip as well yeah um all right john thanks a million you are our uh, credit card rewards guru, and we appreciate it so much. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Thank you. That's it for this week's episode. My takeaways are, okay, okay, just because credit card points are a racket doesn't mean I can't use them too. Nicole and I are responsible. The points have accumulated without us changing our behavior, and we might as well use them. We could convert them to cash back, but by transferring them to another travel partner, we can get more out of them than the cash is worth. More on that in a minute. Transferring. I went on to the Chase portal, and it was just as easy as John said. All I have to do is click transfer, and I can transfer the points to several airlines and hotel partners. Additionally, I can transfer them to other people. This made me think of a super unique holiday gift or a birthday gift that you could give someone, and that is if you have points and you don't really use them, sort of like Nicole and I have never used ours. How cool would it be for you to transfer your points to somebody for their birthday? The gift card purchases at stores that give a high return. That's not something I've ever thought to do, but now I'm going to pay a little more attention when our Discover card tells us where we get 5% back during that quarter. 
I've always rolled my eyes at credit cards with, let's say, a $550 annual fee. My skepticism made me think that every high-fee card was like the Fire Festival credit card, just a complete scam. However, when you find out there's a $300 travel credit, that knocks it down to a $250 annual fee, and then you subtract $100 for the TSA Global Entry, that then knocks it down to $150, which isn't that different from the $95 fee that Nicole and I are paying now for our Chase Sapphire Preferred. When Nicole and I travel, we do try to visit boutique hotels or non-chain hotels. They don't always offer the amenities that big hotels have, but they feel more unique. We have also stayed at plenty of chain hotels. Why not sign up and earn rewards when we stay there? Because we can still travel as we do, we can still stay at the boutique hotels, but without changing that behavior, we could still get some kickback for when we do stay at the chains. John said a lot of things, and it all sounded great, and a lot of it went over my head. So, I of course had to do some follow-up research. Now, there are two legs to this. First, our 10-year anniversary trip to the Maldives next summer. And second, our trip to Las Vegas for our live episode at LDI in the fall. So, the Maldives. Now, I looked up the Hyatt Hotel John mentioned, and sure enough, it's gorgeous, it looks like paradise. So, I signed up for Hyatt Rewards. Remember, Nicole and I have 325,000 points. Now, if we were to cash that in, that would give us $3,250. If we book in the Chase Travel Portal, that then becomes $4,100. But here's where we take note. If we transfer those points to Hyatt, now for seven nights in the Maldives, the basic room is $817 a night for a total of $5,700 or 30,000 points a night, which for a total of seven nights comes to 210,000 points. It wasn't clear on the website, but I'm sure that there will be taxes and fees that we have to pay, even if we use points. So let's say that's $150 a night for a total of $1,050. Now, airfare. I looked at flights and priced out one on Emirates Airline. Now, why Emirates? Because they have a lot of flights to the Maldives and I can transfer points from Chase. The flight I priced for two of us totaled $7,200. Now, if you use Emirates points, it cost 295,000 points plus $895. The $895 is fees and taxes that we can't use points on. Now, since we're using points for the hotel, we only have 115,000 points left over. But if we transfer that to Emirates, we can cut the cost down to $3,800. So for hotel and airfare, we're now looking at just shy of $5,000. Now, yes, that's still an expensive trip. We still have to get taxis, pay for food and excursions, but we took a base trip of $13,000 and cut it by $8,000 by using what would have been $3,250 if we just cashed in our points. And while there are ways to book this trip for less, we are not going through any middlemen, which means we have maximum flexibility when it comes to cancellations and rebooking of flights. And that is something that Nicole and I value immensely because travel sites allow for zero flexibility. Now, yes, we will be taking our 10 years of credit card points and using them all for one trip. Seems a bit gaudy, but I think this is a great thing to use them on. 
We could let them accumulate longer, but why? John has shown us how, so let's live a little. If we wanted the flight to go from economy to business class, which Nicole would very much love to do, it would be an additional 200,000 points on Emirates. Now, we're not going to have that by the time we get to this trip, but I'm confident that we could find a cheaper flight and the Hyatt had some dates that cost less points, which would free up more rewards to go toward the airfare. Now, I'm not going to hold my breath for that, but the idea has at least entered the building. Another detail here, this is a big one. In order to book the hotel using Hyatt points, you can only choose a standard room, which means you can't book the overwater bungalow or a private villa. The standard rooms are beautiful, so this isn't the worst for us, but if you wanted a sunset lounge pool or private villa, you'd have to pay for the room. Okay, so that's it for our 10-year anniversary trip, which I'm now really excited about, and I hope it happens. Now let's see what I figured out for visiting Las Vegas for the LDI conference. So first, I signed up for Win Rewards because Nicole really wants to stay at the Win. Now, I'm already a member of every airline that flies to Vegas, so I didn't sign up for any more airlines. The Win doesn't have any strong travel partners. It's not available in the Chase portal, and nor do I see any other way to transfer from other rewards programs. But at least we now have an account there if something comes up, and we can get the member discount when booking a room. Now, I signed up for Hyatt, and I noticed that we can transfer our basic status to MGM's basic status, which means we can get discounts at MGM hotels, including an offer to get tickets to one of their Vegas shows with a room booking. Now, since I was in the zone to sign up for accounts, I just opened an MGM Rewards account too, rather than transfer the status from Hyatt to MGM. Now, when I did that, I noticed that Bellagio is an MGM resort. So for fun, I priced out a room for two nights, and because of being an MGM member, it knocked $150 off the price. Remember that resort fee John mentioned? It was not waived. It was $100 for the two nights, However, I can definitely see the advantage of John's status or finding a way to get that fee waived. Just saying all this to say, if you want a discount for Bellagio, consider joining the MGM program. Now, of course, I must mention, if you want to come to our live show at LDI, there are travel partners that give discounts. I remember last year there was a discount for staying at Treasure Island. And of course, if you're thinking about coming down to Vegas, message me to get a free exhibit hall pass. That will get you in to attend our show. Mark the calendar for November 18th and 19th. Now, dear listeners, I would like to thank you. Specifically, I'd like to thank everybody who suggested I do a show about credit card rewards. I had been avoiding the topic because of my listless relationship with rewards programs. However, my big fear of these programs is that they're going to cause me to change my behavior. For example, if I want a coffee. I would like to go to the nearest coffee shop, or I would like to just make it at home. I don't want to add stress to my life by walking 10 blocks to a Dunkin' just to use my Dunkin' Reward coffee that's expiring tomorrow. So that's my aversion. But the reality is, I have had a credit card for 16 years, and never once have I changed my behavior to take advantage of points. So learning everything that I learned today... I'm not going to become the next John Adcox and take advantage of everything, but I can drop my guard in regards to credit card rewards 
and not see them as a villain. So what do you think? Is there a credit card reward that we missed? Is there something we left out of the discussion? Let me know by commenting on LinkedIn. I'll make a post for this episode, and you can find it under my name, Ethan Steimel. Now, patrons, here's looking at you. Thank you for supporting what we're doing here on the show. And our big news now is, thanks to your support, I have hired a podcast strategist for two sessions. So hopefully you're going to see some good results from that in the upcoming episodes. And patrons, here is your bonus offer for the day, and that is to visit your private podcast feed and listen to the bonus conversation. We bring in John's wife, Erin, and then Nicole and I unload our worst travel tale ever. And if you've had bad luck traveling, then you're going to relate to this so much. And if you work for JetBlue, you should absolutely not listen to the bonus episode. I repeat, if you work for JetBlue, do not listen. Now, for perspective on how bad this is, even John, with all his travel expertise, didn't see an alternative ending for what we did. If you're not a patron yet, you can access that tale of woe at patreon.com slash artisticfinance. And I would never tell anybody how to use their credit card rewards, but here's one option, and that is to cash in a few of those rewards each month and put that toward becoming a Patreon patron. Our guest for next week, Carl Faber, also knows a lot about credit card rewards, and he sent me a very detailed overview of credit card rewards and travel rewards. Find a link to that article in the show notes, along with links to everything that we discussed today. Now, we have no affiliations with any of the cards or companies mentioned. We are consumers only. Now, at the top, we mentioned that we took a trip to the Galapagos. Now, we did that via Travel Smith Explorations. I'm not recommending them and have no affiliation, but I will say I have no complaints about the trip, and it was one of my favorite trips ever. Oh, also, we mentioned this last week, but we now have a quarterly newsletter. If you would like to receive that newsletter, visit our website, artisticfinance.com, and sign up. Now, that's it for today. Until next week, break a leg. Thank you for listening to Artistic Finance. Make sure to subscribe. To access our show notes, transcripts, or resources, go to artisticfinance.com. This show is for entertainment purposes only. Before making any decision, consult a professional. This show is copyrighted by Artistic Finance. Written permission must be granted before syndication or rebroadcasting.